black and happy motherfucking Friday. I can say fuck all I want. It's not coffee with teas. <laughs> Welcome to another episode of Uncore Poetry, Poetry Podcast. I'm here with my wonderful guest, Rose. Damn it. Rose. <laughs> uh, Rose is an up and coming uh, poet. poem poet. She puts a lot of her poetry on Instagram. And I found her through, um, I didn't tell you this, but I found you through a mutual friend of ours, um, Caitlin Pina, mm -hmm. uh, Caitlin and Manny. Um, they're good friends with my best friend. And we mm -hmm. were out at a, a barbecue one night and your name came up and I was like, what? A poet? What? <laughs> so I went to your page and I found your poetry and I love your poetry. And you. as we were talking before, you said that you started doing poetry four years ago. Mm -hmm. That makes me quite angry with you, Rose. <laughs> I've been doing poetry since I was 12. And your poetry is <laughs> really, really good. I very much enjoy it. Thank you. Um, so I guess we'll start with, um, could you tell us a little bit about yourself, whatever you're comfortable with, and maybe um, what kind of poetry makes you happy? Any kind of poetry, I don't give a shit what it is. So a little bit about me, um, originally from Massachusetts, from like a small town, and then around like 18, 19, like, you know, when you go into college, I went to New York for school, originally started off as a biomedical engineer student. What? Oh, Where, all the math. Just let that yeah. sit real quick. Right. Oh, oh. <laughs> a whole headache. After a year, I said, yeah, peace out. And then I went into my career that I actually love, which is interior design at FIT. And I moved to New York on my own. And I still live in New York now. I just live upstate rather than in the city. Mm -hmm. And um, I actually started writing poetry my first year in college. So, yeah, not that mm -hmm. long ago. And then the type of poetry that makes me feel good, mm -hmm. I think poetry that's similar to mine, like ones that really hit those like heavy hitter conversations that nobody really wants to have and that are kind of like those personal things that you keep to yourself. I love when a poet really dives into that and just to see like their version of it is so interesting to me because how they shared it, obviously the message is different for them, but how I read it or heard it, it'll be a completely different thing for me. So I really enjoy stuff like that. Nice. So, um, oh, damn, four years, that's it? Bioengineering, that's fine. Um, who was the first person to see or read your poetry and encourage you to keep going? First person. Well, actually how I got introduced to poetry was um, like, it was a mutual friend of a friend and he wrote poetry and he had like uh, recited one of his poems to me, fell in love with it. It was about like suicide prevention or something like that. And I was just like praising him and then he's like, you should try it. And I was like, excuse me? <laughs> I was like, what do you mean? And he was like, yeah, just like write a poem and like just recite it to me like when you're ready. And I wrote it. It was like one of the longest poems I ever wrote. It was my first one. And it was about a heartbreak. Boo-hoo. So typical. <laughs> but it was a really good poem. And I recited it to him. He liked it. And then for maybe for a couple of years, maybe like, hmm, maybe like three-ish years, I was just solely writing poetry for myself like as a therapy thing because I don't like to like open up to people and like vent all of my bullshit onto somebody else you know dump truck them whatever mm -hmm. so I just started writing poetry as a way for me to 
get all of that shit out of there. And then I could read it back and be like, wow, who even wow. is this girl who wrote this, you know? And like, just see the growth within myself from my work. And then I had one friend in particular who um, I used to like recite poems to him. Mm-hmm. And he had like a love-hate relationship with my poetry because even some of the ones I haven't shared, they're very deep and they go into like my mental uh, health journey and all of that. And he would be like, wow, it's so good, but like, why did you have to write that? And he would feel so sad about it. I'm like, no, it's fine. Like I wrote it so that I could get over that time. Like now I can say it to other people because I've overcome it. Mm -hmm. So yeah, just maybe like two friends that I used to like recite my poetry, they just kept telling me like, just post it, like just fuck it, just do it. And whatever happens kind of happens. And I just one day didn't tell anybody about it and just made an Instagram for it. And then I just posted it on like my main page. And then to my surprise, people started following it. So I was like, hmm, I'll do this, I guess. Wow. You were surprised that people started following you or your poetry? For sure. Because like, oh, look at Destiny talking about our feelings. You know what I mean? <laughs> I didn't expect any of my friends to like really be on board with it. And even more so, I was shocked at the people who I had just been mutuals with through Instagram. They were following my poetry and like DMing me about it and like saying how much they liked it. And I was just like, I've never met you and you're just so supportive. And I was just so foreign to me, I guess. I don't know why I was just like, wow, people actually support it. And like people who I did not consider close at all would tell me how much like a poem like shifted something for them. And I was like, wow, this is crazy. Yes, there's nothing like that feeling. Like when someone comes up to you after a show or after reading, like that poem really hit me. Like that, I think it it brings to light the responsibility that poets have. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you do you feel that responsibility of um, not just sharing what you're going through, but um, being careful not to be, I guess, um, too callous with your words? Or does do you think about that at all? For sure, especially because like because I post mine on Instagram, like my, I have younger siblings, like they could just go on there and look at it. And I don't want them to think because of a certain word I chose that I'm that person, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So I always kind of try and take a more poetic way of saying things. Like, I'm not going to say something that's very like dark, just flat out the way it is, I'd rather like cover it up with a little bit of like fluff. So that way it's not like too harsh, but I still think with my poems, I achieve that like, that feeling that, you know, this came from like my heart and like, this is like real emotion. Okay. So you're not stifling what you truly feel, but you're also taking a a realistic and um, I guess responsible look at your work before you post it. Right. That's important. Because there's even poems that, um, like, I don't, like, I've written so long ago, but because of what I was going through at that time, that poem reflects it. I don't share it because I'm like, this is too much. This is is a me poem kind of thing, you know? Ooh, this is a me poem. I like that. (laughs) This is for me. (laughs) Yes, this is for me. I like that. Um, We're talking about mental health because you talk a lot about mental health in your poetry. Mental health has been a, a widely discussed um, topic in the past, I'd say five to six years, some, something like that. Um, before that, it was not very, it wasn't taken 
as serious as you should be. Mm-hmm. Um, have you found that in the past couple of years, um, speaking about mental health has helped you and the people around you, or is it more the same? You know, as have things changed for you um, in relation to speaking about mental health? I think it's kind of like a double-edged sword because Mm -hmm. on one hand, like when, even like when I first opened up to one of my close friends about my mental health, like I saw something within him change, like when he looked at me and it's like, okay, I feel good that I just let that out. But also I don't want you to feel like I'm your like little pity party. You know, I don't need Mm -hmm. any of that. I don't need you to feel sorry for me or anything like that. And then on the other end of the sword it's like with friends and family kind of on the two sides family it'll never be a conversation in my household at least like it'll never be a thing that's just it's it'll always be to my family just like you'll get over it you know like Mm -hmm. put a band-aid on it but i feel like that's very common in the black community like you tell your auntie that you have anxiety you know what i mean like Mm -hmm. she's gonna be like okay go drink a ginger ale and sit down like no, like, no. <laughs> that's not what's going on. <laughs> so it's kind of like a toss up. It depends who you're talking to and like what generation they are. Oh yeah. Ooh, nice. Yeah, it de- it definitely depends on who you're talking to and the generation because my mom is just starting to come around to um, you know, talking about mental health and stuff like that. But you know, a couple years ago, I just no, you're fine. Just go take a nap. Like right. I don't need a nap. Damn it. <laughs> I'm not okay. Nap's not going to fix that. Somebody. Yes. <laughs> uh, speaking of that, um, can we go into your first poem? And then I have a very invasive question for you. Sounds like fun. <laughs> okay. So my first one is called Disconnected. And this one I wrote around like the whole Black Lives Matter protests were all going on during lockdown. Mm-hmm. So that's just to give a little bit of context. But we can get gotcha. into it. <clears throat> I feel disconnected, disconnected from myself, this earth and everything in it. Some will say I'm crazy, but their perception will never be mine. For I see myself as something powerfully defined. So go on with your chitter chatter, put an end to all that meaningless jibber jabber, and maybe then you'll be blessed. So you can finally tend to your mess. Meanwhile, I'll I'll continue to pick up mine because no economy, no social construct, and for damn sure, no opinion will get in my way. So again, I will say, I feel disconnected, but in time I know my soul will be resurrected. So today I stand here as a proud black woman shouting from the bottom of her lungs all of who I am. I am here, I am human, and I am not your victim. So don't look at me as such. I don't desire your pity or your self-proclaimed emotions on what it is to be black. You see, my mom already taught me all about that. I am nobody's fool, so save the smiling ways for someone who needs it, someone who believes it, and someone who fit into it. Because over here we stand proud on who we are, and we don't need you to tell us where we've come and how far. So again, I will say, I feel disconnected due to how the world and the society makes me feel so damn rejected. Woo-wee. Okay. Came with the heat. You started off with the heat. Got to. <laughs> Man, I love that. You said, um, you had this one line, powerfully d- divine. Mm-hmm. I love that. That is freaking awesome. Thank you. And um, don't, don't desire pity. Uh, <sighs> I think getting out of um, uh, victim, self-victim blaming, or I guess self-victim proclaiming is um, a thing that um, we as humans could benefit from. Mm-hmm. Sure. And um, what I really love about your about that poem is um, 
the idea that not that black people are not monolithic. We don't all think the same way. We don't all have the same feelings. We don't all want the same things. Right. And I think the more poems that we hear like yours about the different things that black people want out of not just our community, but from our state, from our country, it's all different. It will always be different, but it's always gearing towards justice. It's always getting gearing towards freedom. It's always gearing right. towards mind your fucking business. Please. Mind the business that pays you, please. Yes, mind the business that pays you. Oh man, I love that. That was a really, thank you for sharing that. Thank you. You're welcome. Oh, I didn't do anything, but yeah. <laughs> so I saw one of your poems and it really, really resonated with me. Um, I've been lightly stalking you, but like not in a creepy way, just like <laughs> in a journalistic way, yeah. And um, you have this one poem that I really enjoyed and I want to talk to you about it. Um, your poem, She's Pretty. So you talk about the assumption that um, good looking people have no problems, which isn't true. The last stanza of your poem really caught my attention. Um, it says, she looks in the mirror, takes a deep breath. And as she says, I am not okay. I am not heard. I am damaged, but I am pretty. Mm -hmm. um, from your Instagram post, it looks like that was posted last year. How does the end of that poem resonate with you now? And do you still feel that way? Um, now I would say I'm a completely different being. Like mm -hmm. in that moment, I think I may or may not have been indulging in a little bit of self-pity party while writing that. But um, it was just something that I felt. I think I really write poetry that's based on like, either my day, my week, or my month. So I think during that time, it was just a lot of like, because um, I travel from being in New York, going back home. I'll go back home and everyone's like, wow, Destiny, like you're doing so great. I see you in school in New York and this and that. And it was always just like kind of praise from like friends or family. Like, I'm so proud of you, this and that. You're so young and you're living on your own. And I was just kind of like, I feel like my life is falling apart right now and you guys just see like the pretty picture. So it kind of was both um, playing on like, yes, um, people think that pretty people are like so happy, but also that the picture that I guess they were seeing on like my Instagram or whatever was just this mm. perfect life. And that was the furthest thing from the truth. Yes. Instagram is not real people. <laughs> not real. Don't get, don't get tricked by it. Okay. No, that car that, that guy's standing next to, yeah, that's parked outside of the taco place where the food he can't afford. Right. <laughs> yeah, don't be tricked. Um, hmm. Oh, I have a fun question for you. Okay. Okay, so horror movie question. All right, the killer, the killers are in the house. <laughs> There's one at the front door and one at the back door. Do you run upstairs or downstairs? Hmm. Right? Hmm. <laughs> um, okay, so they're both at both doors. Yeah, both ends of the house. And you're just like, damn. You know what? I have like the arms of noodles. So I'm going to have to run upstairs. <laughs> going to have to run upstairs for sure. I can't come face on with that. <laughs> Hard pass. <time. laughs> no, you're right. I'm going to run upstairs and I'm going to jump out the window. Right. That's yeah. what I thought. I was like, but wait, is the window near the doors? Because then they're right there. Right? You can just jump out those bitches. Yeah, because right. the sprained ankle, way better than death. Exactly. Mm -hmm. 
Do you like scary movies? Do you watch scary movies? I hate them. <laughs> so much. Like, I don't know what my brain does, but like after I watch a movie or whatever, like my my house becomes that movie for sure. And every mm-hmm. little creak, every little noise, I'm like, all right, they're in my house. And I just kind of start accepting my death in that moment. <laughs> I'm just like, whatever, it's fine. It's gonna happen. Right. Yeah. So I just decide not to put myself through that. <laughs> Good idea. Good idea. <laughs> Our movies used to creep me the fuck out. I started with like Elm Street because like I'm I'm born in the '80s. I'm an '80s baby. Mm-hmm. So uh, we came up with uh, Freddie and and Jason back when they was it was really really fun to scare the fuck out of kids. Right. Yeah, I still can't watch um, Freddy Krueger to this day. I'm 37. No. Can't I? The idea of a murderer in my sleep. Fuck all that. I don't. I don't ever want to see that shit again. I think that's one I can like. It's palatable. I can do it, what? but it, the clown? No. Oh, clowns yeah. creep me the fuck out. We're we're not doing it. Like no, no. It's the smile, man. I didn't like it. No one's that happy. Voice, like what is going on? Hmm. Yeah. Wasn't it like a, a killer clown? You know, I don't. I don't want to go into it. <laughs> it's, it's <scared> myself. <laughs> um. Yeah, we got a little bit of time. Uh, another question. Hot air balloon, yes or no? Yes. Yes. Why yes? Because it's kind of like flying, but like you can see everything and you can like put your hand out the window. Well, window. Yeah. You can put your hand out and it, I feel like it would be a great view for sure. Oh, I like it. Would you skydive? I want to in theory, right. but when the time came, I don't know if I'd actually jump out of the plane. I might just tell them to leave me right here. Right. <laughs> no, we live together now in this plane. This is, right. I'm gonna live here forever. <laughs> I get that. I'm the other way. Um, I would never want a hot air balloon. It scares the absolute crap. Really? Yeah, but mm-hmm. I would definitely jump out of a plane. I don't know. Yeah, I don't, yeah, I would definitely skydive. skydive. Hot air balloon? Not at all, absolutely <laughs> not. It doesn't scare you that like the parachutes are not gonna work? Um, I don't think far ahead. Mm. I'm not a not a big planner. Mm. That's uh that will <laughs> definitely be my demise. That's my problem. I think yeah. too far ahead. <laughs> it's a good thing. Like those are people who live at the end of this like scary movie. Like, you know, let's run upstairs and there's some jackass just like we can make it past the fucking guy. I'm not jackass. <laughs> we can make it past them guys, let's just rush them. Like <laughs> people are gonna die for no reason. <laughs> <laughs> Um, all right, can we go into another poem and then um, I would like to show everyone the wine bottle I got for you. Sure. Okay, so this next one actually got a little bit of an exclusive. I wrote this um, not that long ago, maybe like a week or two ago, Ooh. and I haven't posted it on my page yet, but I really like this. So I was like, oh, definitely want to share this one. <laughs> exclusive, exclusive. <laughs> I'm trying to be like DJ Clue. Right. <laughs> <laughs> better. I have lost count of the time someone has told me things will get better. It was so many that I began to believe it. I had forgot that even if it did get better, it wouldn't last forever because nothing does, not good nor bad. Now, of course, that is with the exception of racism, sexism, homophobia, and all the other things that question my existence. But that doesn't matter because it'll get better, y'all. It'll get better if you move back to your country, if you change your hair, if you place yourself back into the closet just for a second, I promise it'll get better. 
Now that's a bunch of bullshit. Why can't they just admit that sorrows are meant to be felt, that goodbyes are sometimes forever, and the and that identity in this society isn't really your own. Now they can't admit that because that would single-handedly annihilate Disney's legacy of a fairy tale. There would be no once upon a time and certainly no happily ever after. Instead, they tell you it'll get better or that, ooh, child, things are gonna get easier. And even though my favorite song is Keep Your Head Up, I will never be okay with the phrase. It is too contradicting and lacks the cold hard truth that although things will get better, they will fall apart again. But don't nobody want to hear that. Shit, I don't even want to hear that. So some days I give in to the bullshit. I look myself in the mirror and say it'll get better. If I get out of bed early, if I work out, if I get a new tattoo, I'll feel better. And then all those moments of gratification start to disintegrate. The cover-up starts showing the original picture. And the only feeling that persisted was the one that made me feel like things weren't going to get better in the first place. But that doesn't matter because it will get better, y'all. Only this time when I say it, I mean it. Because mental illness is not a hoax. It is your mind robbing you of things that are joyful. It is not being able to trust your own thought process. It is a constant back and forth between heaven and hell. But it will get better. Those clouds will clear. That feeling will soon fade. And your mind will find peace. But only if you let it. So please, don't cry. Dry your eyes. Never let up. Forgive, but don't forget. Girl, keep your head up. Oh shit! Oh, listen. <laughs> wow, 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 wow! First of all, I love that poem. Thank you. Love that poem. Um, bringing in the bringing in the '90s. Love me some Tupac. Great fucking song. Um, I love that you ended there. Um, I love the dichotomy of um, hearing what's wrong with the song and then fucking with it anyway. Like I love that. And you had this other line. I had to. Okay. Um, sorrows are meant to be felt. Right. Damn. That that line alone hits so <laughs> fucking hard. Because when we feel sorrows, as you know, people, we want it to go away as soon as fucking possible. Exactly. You know, we don't dissect shit as much as we should. Right. That that line, that's a great fucking line. Thank you. <laughs> and um, sometimes goodbyes are forever. Yo, you need to trade that shit. Trademark that shit tonight, okay? Trademark that shit tonight. <laughs> that is beautiful because Thank they you. are, and that's the reality of life. Right. Um, cookie, cookie, cookie cutter life is not a thing that exists. Um, it's not real. Let it go. <laughs> let it go. Um, given, don't given, given to the bullshit. I like that. Um, <laughs> not being able to trust your thought process as a way to explain mental health. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Love that. And I feel like this poem is like a, a young person's definition of um, not just mental health, but how to get through it. And, you know, the, the old, I guess I put myself in that category, the older people's <laughs> idea of how to get through shit, which is just like, it'll get better. Mm -hmm. It'll get better. Mm -hmm. Yeah, just saying it doesn't fucking do anything. At all. Nothing. Mm -mm. You gotta fucking do something. You right. gotta do something. Um, that is a great poem. I think um, you don't have to do whatever the fuck I say. But uh, I think you should publish that. That is a, a really cool poem. I think Thank it helps. You. You're welcome. Thank you. Shit. <laughs> That's fucking great. Oh, <laughs> um, okay. One, I wanted to talk about your background. So those who are watching the background that we're seeing right now is a back background that you use for your videos. Yes, it is. <laughs> I love, I have to ask, are the IVs real? What do you think? 
No. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. You don't have like trees growing in your house, like. Oh, I have a plant in the corner, but she, I had left for like almost a month, and I came back and she was looking so sad. So now I'm trying to like rehabilitate her back to life as mm -hmm. I'm about to leave tomorrow again. She ain't got to know that. I'm a bad plant mom. Like I'm very bad. I get that. I kill all plants. Yeah, Everyone all the ones in my room are fake. She's the only real one. <laughs> and that's enough for her. Exactly. That's enough for her. Exactly. So um, those of you who watch the show know that I get um, a bottle of wine according to how the guest, um, how I feel about the guest, so how um, they their poem poetry makes me feel. So I got this one for you today. And it is oh, kind of weird. It oh, wow. is a, um, a super in, what's the word I'm looking for? When you like a zoom in, Jesus Christ, uh, <laughs> the inner workings of a flower. And I thought this resonated with me because your poetry is so um, deep, you know, it's mm -hmm. so much part of you, you mm -hmm. know, and we're getting like sneak peeks of you, like mm -hmm. the deepest parts of you. So when I saw this, it reminded me of um, the zoom in that you allow us to have with your with your art. So thank that you for that. That's a really silly bottle, I love it. Thank you, yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna put your name on it and I'm gonna put it on the shelf. Oh, that's great. Yeah. So, uh, yay balls. <laughs> uh, next question. Oh, no, not that one. Ooh. Oh, yeah, that was just dumb. Huh. I would like to know that. Um, what is your writing process? Um, what do you do? You write it in the morning, at night? Do you need like um, white noise, background noise? How, how do you sit down and write? So for the most part, I can kind of get an idea of a poem anywhere, grocery shopping, on the train, in bed, just when I wake up or whatever. But when I actually sit down to like write it, I have to like be in like my own space and it has to just like be quiet so that I can kind of think. But the overall process really just happens. Like the poem I just read better, it was one line that came to me, literally the word better. The word better, like it'll get better came to my mind and I was like, hmm, okay, I can work with that. And then later in the day, I just sat in my bed and I forget where it started. I think it started somewhere in the middle or something. And then I moved that line, but it literally is just like line for line. And then once I get at least a stanza worth, I figure out like, do I want that to go at the front? Do I want this to go at the end kind of thing? And then I play with different words and all that once I get everything laid out. And then I say it a couple of times, and if it feels right, I call it done. Nice. Yeah. So once you um, write a poem, do you put it down? Do you stop editing? Like, once it's done, it's done. Sometimes. Sometimes. Like, with that one, I just put it down and let it be. But mm -hmm. other ones, I've definitely come back, like, the next day or, like, a couple of days after, and I'm, like, tweaking things all over again. But I usually like to just let it be what it is after I finish it, just because I feel like... That's what it was meant to be, you know? Yeah. So me coming in and like repatching it is like, I don't need to. Yeah, just yeah. let it be. Yeah, that's why sometimes I'll do like these um, like poetry exercises with myself. Like I'll set a timer for like five, 10 minutes and just see what the hell happens. Nice, just free write and just go yeah. for it. I'm just like, all right, let's just see. And I also, um, I've done this thing. I posted a poem before for, oh, wrong wrong or right, right or wrong or whatever on my um, Instagram 
that it was inspired by three words that my friend gave me. So sometimes I'll just ask my friends like, hey, give me three words and I'm gonna write a poem about it. Nice. Now, I love that. Um, poetry exercises are are essential. You know, it's kind of like, um, you know, basketball players running sprints. Like you you have to work this shit yeah. out. You gotta you know, just don't have it. Yeah, you gotta practice. Simple as that. Um, do you have plans on performing your work um, in person? Do you perform in person? I never have. Really? Never Are you interested have. in it? I would be for sure. I w it would just have to be like well, that many people at first, just because I get super nervous and like tend to stutter. Like if I could show you how many outtakes from like me recording my poems to post on Instagram, it's insane. <laughs> I got you. Yeah. So I would definitely have to like study my poems really hard to do it, but it's not something I'm opposed to doing. I definitely would be open to doing it. Yeah. Uh, coffee houses. Yeah. They're great places to start. Uh, afternoon. Do not go in the morning. Too many people. And like no one really listens in the morning. It's kind of, it's kind of rude. Everyone's like, fuck off. I'm here for coffee, not for your voice. <laughs> well, like, first of all, you're welcome. Cause <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, do you have a a favorite? The fuck? I can't write, man. Oh, okay. Uh, do you have a favorite writer or a favorite poet? Um, I can't even organize this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like up thinking about it, and I was like, "Wow, you don't like what kind of poet are you? You don't even have like another poet to be like, I like." No, them. that's okay. That's all right. It's weird. But I think it's because of how I started poetry. Like mm -hmm. I wasn't, like you said, you started like at like 12, right? Yeah. So for you, it was probably like you were introduced at school and then like on your free time, you went and like researched it. Mm -hmm. When we got, when I got introduced to poetry in school, I was like, oh yeah, that's so cool. But then when I went home, I was not checking for a poet. You know what I mean? And then poetry kind of came up about me for something that was like therapeutic for me so it was all personal it wasn't about somebody else's work and being inspired by them it was all about me so when everyone whenever somebody asked me like oh who's your favorite poet i'm like me like Love that. Yes. <laughs> i'm the one that's helped me get through so many things just from writing so of course i have to say i'm my favorite poet nice as you should <laughs> as you should yeah i feel you on that one um, yeah, I started writing poetry, um, out of spite. Mm. My, my big brother came home and he's like the smart one. I'm the artistic one and mm. he gets straight A's, straight A's and everything. Doesn't have to like, it's annoying. It's fucking annoying. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So he comes home with a, an A on his paper for writing poetry. And I was like, I want to write poetry too. And he's like, you can't write poetry. You're stupid. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> I'll write the fuck back. And then uh, <laughs> I fell in love with it. And it's been what I've been doing since I was 12. But um, wow. you're right. After I started writing poetry um, in school, was it was around that time that we were learning about poetry. I was like, oh, I do that thing. I do that right. thing. Like, I want to learn about that thing. You know, um, my Angela is definitely my favorite poet. Mm -hmm. But I was introduced to her so young that she's, not that she's all that I know, but um, I research her so much. It's, it's a little creepy. Okay. Mm -hmm. It's okay. okay. Um, <laughs> speaking of crazy um, love for anyone, are you a fanatic of um, anyone? Is there anyone that, like, God forbid, if you see them in the streets, it is straight hugging. Uh, COVID be damned. They're going to get all this loving. That's a good question. 
for sure I gotta throw J. Cole in there. For sure. Like it's I'm like I just have a love for him as a person that like I wouldn't like fangirl or anything like that, but I definitely would approach him and be like, I just wanna have a conversation with you. Do you have like five minutes, you know? Like just because I love the way that his brain works, both like with his music, but also in like interviews that I've watched with him, I feel like it'd be a great conversation. So for sure him. Like I would just be like, hey, look, you wanna go get like coffee? Let's just sit down real quick, you know? We'll talk about this. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, I love J. Cole. Um, he is an amazing rapper. Like he's up there with Kendrick. He's up there with Kendrick. He's he's not there. I'm one of those people who like, you know how they say like if you like J. Cole, you like Kendrick and vice versa? Don't say it, Rose. Don't fucking say it. God damn it, Rose. I can't subscribe to him. I can't. I <laughs> I just don't, I don't know. It doesn't do it for me. It doesn't do it. I'll listen to all like the popular songs, you know, whatever. If it's on, I'm not going to skip it. But is he in my library? No. There's no Kendrick Lamar in your library? Nope. Okay. Um, <laughs> is there any Post Malone in your library? Oh, for sure. Okay. There's Post Malone, but there's no Kendrick. We have... <laughs> We have several problems. No, I'm kidding. You can like whatever the fuck you want to like. I don't care. <laughs> I feel you on that. Um, so you're 24? 23? I'm going to be 23. Oh, yes. Yeah, you have a birthday in a couple days. Yep. Happy early birthday. Thank you. You're welcome. Do you have any plans for your birthday? Yes, I'm actually leaving tomorrow to go to L.A. Oh, shit. Like yeah. county? Like L.A. county? Like, no, like, L like Los like, Angeles. Holy shit, that's yeah, fucking far. Right. <laughs> wow, congrats. What are you going to do there? You don't have to tell me. I was just wondering. So many things. I'm going with my girlfriend, and because it's for my birthday, she, like, created the whole itinerary. So, like, everything's very much like, mm, it's a secret, it's this, it's that. So I know, like, a few things. Like, of course, I'm going to see the Hollywood sign. Absolutely. I'm going to go to Christina Million's um, Beignet Cafe that she has in L.A. She has a cafe? Yeah, and like a truck for beignets, yeah. Oh, God, that's so good. So um, random, but like she yeah, is. Yeah, I'm down for it. I'm here yeah. for it. Yes. Oh, that is so sweet. You're going to have a blast. I can't wait. <laughs> I've never been to LA. The furthest west I've been is Jersey. So <laughs> that's Honestly, just I've never been either. The furthest I've been, yeah, Florida. And that's still over here, so. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Yeah, Florida's where all the crazy people are. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I read that story. Did you read that story about the, the fucking lady who threw an alligator in the drive-thru window? That's, no. that's real, real life, no cartoon. Mm -hmm. Yo, who just drives around with fucking alligator? Like, how you have an alligator, like, ready? Like, how big of an alligator? Like, I'm talking like a baby alligator, but enough to be like... But like, big enough to like, have that in your car. Like, why? Like, I have so many questions. So weird. <laughs> um, where do you want to take your poetry? What? Where, where do you want to take it from here? Honestly, I've never had like a plan with it because it was always something that I was just doing it for my own selfish reasons of therapy to get through whatever I was going through. Mm -hmm. So I've never had like, oh, I want to perform on this stage or that stage and I want to go here and meet this person. Never really had that, but I'm open to like wherever it takes me. Like never did I expect when I made my um, poetry page that I would be on a podcast about poetry. 
I was never like in my <laughs> mind to even, I was just like, I'm just going to come on here and talk about what I want to talk about. Mm -hmm. But yeah. Nice. I mean, that's, isn't that the, how, you know, the, the big stories start, you know, you do it because you love it, not for, you know, any of the fame or, or money. Dear God, I hope you didn't do it for the money. Because yeah. <laughs> okay. people don't pay us a lot of money. I'm not sure if you knew that. Yeah. <laughs> it's not a lot of money, money in poetry, but we're going to make it, though. We're right. going to make it. We're going to fucking change that for sure. <laughs> um, ooh, what keeps you writing? Um, what keeps you making poetry? I know you said that you write poetry for your mental health and for yourself. Mm -hmm. Is that the only reason? Or is there, like, another force that's pushing you towards um, creating? Um, that's definitely, like, the main one, because, like, for whatever reason, life just, that bitch knows how to fight. So <laughs> she knows how to fight. So for whatever reason, every time she swings, I'm there with my pen. But outside yeah. of that. You have to write a poem about that. That is amazing. Right. That was good. Yeah, that was a really good one. <laughs> but outside of that, I think now like that I've started sharing it, I love when people tell me that they'd liked a certain line in my poem or that their my poetry, like, help them see something in a different light. So definitely just writing it for the fact that I don't know who's going to come across this and I don't know who needs to hear it. Yeah. And I like that because so many times, like I say this all the time, there's so many songs that have saved my life mm -hmm. and keep your head up was definitely one of them, which is why that poem was like so special to me. So, and when he wrote that, he wasn't thinking about me to be like, Oh, let me save this little blonde headed girl. You know, like nobody was thinking that, but it did that for me. So just the thought that I could do that for somebody else is like, I have to keep writing, you know? Oh man, that's fucking beautiful. And you're right. Like there are songs out there that are just saving lives left and right. Art does save lives, mm -hmm. you know? And hopefully one day um, you will publish a, a book of poetry and, or, you know, someone will come across your Instagram page if they haven't already mm -hmm. and been inspired. I know I was. Um, I really, really enjoy um, the way that your poem, it doesn't just say what you want to say. You know, there's always like a underlining kind of thing. Uh, I could be wrong. I could be wrong. But that's what I see in, in your poetry, that there's, there's something, you know, underlying. There's, you know, more than what meets the eye. Right. And that's always fun to read in poetry. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I think that will definitely make you successful, if not just um, the consistency of your poetry. Mm -hmm. Has it been hard to keep up with um, writing poems every week or how often do you um, down upload, God, I'm so old. How often do you post to Instagram? <laughs> so as far as like writing poetry, that's never been like a problem. Cause I have so many poems that I haven't posted that I'm just like, eh, I don't know if I want to do this right now, but the main thing will just be recording. Like, do I want to wake up today, sit in front of this fake ivy plant wall and talk about my feelings? I don't know. You know, like some days you just don't feel like doing it. And some days, even when you try to do it, it doesn't work out. Or if I'm not home or I'm traveling or something. So it just basically is like the recording port portion of it. Mm. And do you edit your own poems? Do you have someone else um, editing for you? Is that just you? Nope, I just edit it all on my cell phone. <laughs> uh, all on your cell phone? Yep. <sighs> the ingenuity. Um, 
I, I'm gonna say it, the ingenuity of young people. I, I, we make shit happen. Yes. We make shit, yes. no matter what tools we got, we're gonna figure it out. <laughs> we're gonna make it happen. I, I love that. The the not just the can do attitude, like it's already done attitude. Like right. that's what I do attitude. For sure. For sure. I can love that. <laughs> Um, what is your, what's your love language? What, what brings you joy? Hmm. Like an act or like something that I just do on my free time? Let's go both. Um, what's a thing, what's a love act, um, that brings you joy and what like, um, love experience has brought you joy? So like an act, not really love, but it feels like it is cooking for me. I love cooking. I've always grew up in a household where we had dinner, like home cooked meals rather than like, you want to go out to eat to this restaurant, which is why like so many of my friends hate being like, where do you want to eat? Cause I, I want to eat my mom's food. Like that's, <laughs> that's the end point. Like I don't oh, want to go yeah. to a restaurant. <laughs> so definitely cooking. It just brings me back like to memories of cooking with my grandma in the kitchen or cooking with my mom. So yeah. That feels like love to me. Yes. And then like something I do, mm -hmm. hmm. maybe like going to the beach for sure. That's definitely like my happy place is just being by the beach. Uh, is there something about, um, for me, there's something about the water, you know, sitting in front of the water, watching the waves come in, being hypnotized by it. Um, have you ever, are you a person that sits at the beach and just watches the world happen? Or um, mm -hmm. is there another way that you like to experience the ocean? I um, Like back in Massachusetts, I was maybe like a 15 minute walk from like a beach and there was like a walkway and stuff. And there was like this one like rock ledge. So I used to just go there and sit. And so many times like that rock ledge has seen me at my highest and my lowest. <laughs> I have cried there. I have laughed there. So many things. Like whenever something just doesn't sit right with me or I just need like a pick me up, I go to that rock ledge when I'm back home. And I just sit there and I watch like the waves crashing. I watch the clouds moving and I sit there until the sun sets. And it just, I like leave just feeling like, okay, like you're, you're okay. You're okay. Like it's going to be fine. You know? <laughs> uh, speaking of the sunset, do you remember the first time you watched the sunset and how that made you feel? Hmm, not the first time because I was definitely like one of those babies that like grew up on the beach. Like that was yeah. my thing. Go into the Cape and go into the beach. Like that was all what the time. You do. Love it. <laughs> But I think maybe the first time that I watched the sunset and it like meant something for me mm. was probably after my grandmother had passed away. And there was this mm -hmm. one beach in the Cape that we always used to go to. It's called Chappaquoit, but for whatever reason, we grew up calling it Black Beach, probably because we're the only Black people that went there. But um, And like that whole murder thing. That's fine. Right. Um, <laughs> but... Um, we went there to like let her um, ashes go. We bought like, cause she loved the beach as well. It was like this seashell thing and you put the ashes inside and then you like swim it out or whatever and it disintegrates. And that sunset was just like killer for me. 
Like it was so many things. It was like, obviously I just put my name as ashes into the water, but also like this whole new chapter of my life that I realized I was entering in, like with not having her and with like still having her with me, but just not physically. Mm-hmm. And it was just a whole like combination of things that really just clicked for me that I was like, okay, the beach, like this is where I'm gonna go every time I need to like recenter myself. This like is this it. is it. <laughs> That's important to know. Like, it's important to know where you need to go to unpack. Yeah. That's a a thing that a lot of people have to learn and sometimes they don't. And, you know, that's where a lot of crises come from. But it's important to know that about yourself. Um, Have you ever had a a poem? So you said that sometimes poems hit you wherever the fuck you are, (laughs) right? You ever had a poem just come out of nowhere and you're like rummaging around to find like a pen and a pencil like a crazy person um, that happens to me sometimes at night. Does that happen to you and where? Um, the weirdest place it ever happened in the shower. <laughs> yes, yeah, been there. I don't even have my phone in my hand in the shower. So I was just like, I just kept like saying like the one line I was thinking of and like, then I got out of the shower like immediately and like wrote it down. But yeah, definitely has happened to me in moments where I'm like, I don't even have anything in my hands right now to, like remember <laughs> you know that old um that old i gotta stop saying that word today um <laughs> what is it? jay-z one of his many um talents is he doesn't have to write anything down which um i'm gonna, I'm gonna yeah i'm fucking jealous right yeah like He's he lying. he doesn't um he doesn't write his albums hmm. it's quite annoying he just goes in the booth and just Whatever the track is, just lays it down. I'm just like, like F you not even a sentence he writes down? Like, come he on. He has like words, like, and, you know, words that he's thinking about that he wants to rap about, but mostly it's just straight off the dome. Him and uh, Lil Wayne. Well, like, I don't know if this is bad, but like when you said Jay Z, I was like, he's lying. But when you said Lil Wayne, I was like, oh, makes sense. Duh. Oh, that makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's Lil Wayne. Like, duh. Um, what was it? Lil Wayne has to, yes, he has to re-listen to his songs before each concert because he's made so many. He just doesn't, he writes a fucking song and then he doesn't remember it. I mean, that makes sense. I've always wondered that too, like how they just get on stage and I'm like, this is a song from like five years ago. So much rehearsing. Right. So much rehearsing. Yeah, I I rehearse all the time. (laughs) But mostly because I just, you ever have that moment where you're just like, someone's going to ask me for a poem and I'm not going to be ready. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is one of my many nightmares. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sure. You're like, hey, can you like say this poem? And I'm like, um, hold I on, let me get a phone. <laughs> <laughs> like, what do you mean? Like what? Yeah. Um. Yeah. Let's get into um. If you would, let's get into one last poem and then uh one last question and um. Yeah, that would be it for this. Okay. So this one is another one that I have posted, but. This was like before I started filming my poem. So it was just like the text. And this one was actually one of my favorites. It was also wrote, I also wrote it when um, like the whole Black Lives Matter things were going on. Mm -hmm. And it was called Black Joy. Ain't nothing on this earth like it. To see them pearly whites contrasted by that velvet-like skin. To feel the pain in your gut from uncontrolled laughter. To listen to the beautiful melodies of black souls. To smell the shea butter lathered upon your skin. And to taste the different flavors of your country. 
all done in a society that was built against you. Yet here you are still shining. I see you persevering and I want to see you win. Yes, I saw you fall, but I saw you get right back up after. For black joy is so powerful and to let the dimming of one's light to hinder your own will be foolish. So rise up, my beautiful black kings and queens. Let that joy flow effortlessly while they wish upon your failure. I promise every time you win, they are bothered. So keep it up and reclaim what was stolen from you. Reclaim what was stolen from our ancestors. Black joy is our armor for it kills them to see you shine when they work so hard to break you down. Oh, Black Joy, how I love you, how I relish in your presence, and how I continue to display it no matter the circumstance. Black Joy, Black Joy, ain't nothing on this earth like it. Goddamn right. <laughs> Goddamn right. Mother, yes, yes, <laughs> yes. So you have this one line, um, beautiful medleys of black skin. That's, I love that. <laughs> like, and it just, it kind of like, just, you know, well, I love that. Thank um, you. Still shining all the time. All the fucking time. Right. All the fucking time. Always. Uh, <laughs> uh, I love this. Yes, I saw you fall and I saw you rise right after. <laughs> that alone is, I feel like, is, is you know, um, the Black story. For sure. You know, we just keep getting right the fuck back up. Right. So many times you get knocked down, but like, what are you going to do? get knocked down and just be done? Nah. So they can say that they did that? No, you gotta get back up and reclaim what the hell they just try to take from you. Damn right. Every time you win, they bothered. Yes, yeah. they are. They are. <laughs> yes, they are. It reminds me of that um, uh, Beyonce quote, best revenge, um, always stay gracious, best revenge is your paper. Mm -hmm. So so true, <laughs> so, so true. Don't get mild, like, you know, barred down with the, the fucking internet fighting. Again, internet's not real. It's not a real place. I can just close Instagram my is real. and it's gone. <laughs> yeah. It's not real, it's fine. <laughs> oh man, I... <sighs> so, I have like a series of questions I wanna ask you, but I'm just trying to figure out which one I wanna ask you first. Um, <laughs> Growing up, were you taught about um, the importance of um, Black history and Black culture? I don't think I was enough. Mm -hmm. Because, um, like, my background is Cape Verdean, which is like an island off the coast of Africa. Nobody ever knows what the hell it is. But I got it's you. I got Cape Verdean friends. I got you. Right. It's a little island, you know. Um, but my mom was born in America. My grandmother was born in America. And I think her parents might have been born there, but I never met them. Mm -hmm. So I don't even know the language, you know, I know the food, definitely know the food, mm -hmm. but outside of the food, I wasn't really close with like anything else. Like I can't even, if someone was like, oh, what's a great Cape Verdean artist? I don't know. And I feel like I definitely wish that I was in an environment that was more like supportive of learning about my culture and just the black culture of in and of itself. And yeah, I don't know. And then when I went to, when I moved to New York, I actually was just like, I was meeting all different walks of life and I was just like, wow, look at all these people knowing where the fuck they came from. And here I am American. <laughs> I was so ashamed, like so ashamed. It was so bad. I, I feel you on that. Um, I, I asked that because there's a strong, you know, um, feeling of um, not just black love, but black responsibility in your poetry, which I find I could be, I could be wrong. 
Um, but I, I find it refreshing and someone as young as you are, someone at 23, uh, 22, about to be 23. Um, how did you, how did you come, how did you become so in tune with your culture? Is it something that um, from the Black Lives Matter movement? Um, was it something at home? Was it friends? How did you get to be um, so affluent with your culture? I think um, what started it definitely like growing up, I was always like, I'm fair skinned. So like a lot of people confuse me to be Spanish. And in the town mm -hmm. that I lived in, there were a lot of Spanish people. So a lot of people were like, oh, you're Dominican. And I'm like, huh? So just <laughs> like that constant thing of being like, oh, is she Hispanic? And it's like, oh, you're not black enough or you're not this enough. And like, I never fit into a box when it yeah. came to culture. So I was just always frustrated with that. So I would just always like reclaim it in little ways, like wear my fro out or like wear a certain like pattern on my head wrap or anything like that, where I just wanted to be proud and like show people that. Cause I just felt like before people even like spoke to me, they were robbing me of that. And mm. then definitely with the Black Lives Matter um, protests, like I know a lot of people don't like watching the videos of like the pol police brutality moments, but for me, I liked to watch it because, well, not like I enjoyed it, but um, I felt like I had to. I felt like it was like a responsibility of mine because I've never, thankfully, never had anything like that hit me like super close to home, like any of my loved ones. So I feel like because I don't have that experience, but I write about it, I have to like expose myself to it. So I have to like see the ugly truth that is within the black community so that I can speak about it and allow other people to understand it more. And I think just all of that accumulating together, it really like caused like a rage within me to even like look back at my um, childhood where like people would call me white girl or something because I'm the lightest one in the family. Like so many things like that just caused like this little like rage inside me that I was like, you know what, everything I do is gonna be black, mm -hmm. everything. And whenever you talk to me about it, I'm not gonna shut up. Mm -hmm. And so many people though, like in my family, they just know not to talk to me about certain things because I'm gonna <laughs> pull you it to the ground, especially not even like, um, just like the black community, but within the black community, like gay people within the black community and all of that, like my family just knows, like don't even start with destiny. Just don't because- so you're gonna be wrong like you're gonna be wrong because <laughs> at the end of the day i'm just fighting for the people who don't really have a voice in it you know so i'm gonna keep hitting you with another hard fact that you're just like and it stumbles you and then your argument kind of falls on its one leg that it was standing on hmm hmm yeah young lady you, <laughs> mm -hmm. you are spectacular uh... No, that's kind of boring. I want the last question to be fucking cool. <laughs> mm, that's not fucking cool. <laughs> Let's see. All right. I'm going to ask you a question on my dome pieces. Oh, hey. Hi, Sunny. Did I just wave at you? I'm not even sure you can see me. Hi, Sunny. Holding people accountable. Love it. <laughs> you ever do that in real life? Um, you ever like talk to someone on, do you talk on the phone? Is that a thing? Yeah. <laughs> you ever like talk on the phone and someone's like, hey, how you doing? You're just like, hey. You ever mm -hmm. wave people on the phone? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a thing I do. 
Or I'll be like on the phone with somebody and I'm like, oh my God, look at this. And they're like, Destiny. Like, hmm. just give me a minute. I'm just processing. Hmm. All right. Um, I have a curious question for you. So um, let's say you're on an elevator mm -hmm. and um, you're at the top of the elevator and there's like a couple floors above you. It's a big fucking building. Mm -hmm. All the numbers um, where they should be. And then there's one number that is red. Uh, and in the middle of the red button, it says, do not press button. Pressing that fucking button. Gotta press the button, right? Pressing the button. I'm pressing the button. Why not? If I sh can't press it, why is it there? Mm. What are you holding from me? You know what I mean? Right. And one last question, because I it thought about I thought about elevators. So you know, like that um old school idea that if an elevator is falling down an elevator shaft and you're in the elevator, um if you jump at the right moment as the elevator hits the ground, you'll live. <laughs> what do you think about that idea? I don't think it makes sense. I don't think it makes sense. I feel like the impact, like something's gonna happen where, okay, you jumped, but gravity's gonna bring you right back down. You know what I mean? So I don't know. How do you know like when to jump? And how are you supposed to know when to? Yeah, like how do you know like when to jump? Like, how do you know the right moment? Hmm. Hmm. See, and that's why I take stairs. I'm kidding. I don't take the stairs. Escalators? Esc I love escalators. Mm -hmm. To this to this day, I, <laughs> I a friend of mine is kind of scared of escalators, and it is my favorite mm. fucking thing to watch her get on one. Oh God. It's That's so awful. <laughs> I know it's so bad. Man, is it funny? <laughs> oh, just have a little laugh. He doesn't like that, and it's understandable. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, well, that is it for us today. Your um, three poems that you read for us today: "Better," uh, "Disconnected," "Better," and "Black Joy" were fucking phenomenal. Black joy, man. Um, you guys, if you are just coming onto the show now, or if you um, haven't seen up until this point, I would urge you, once the, the live is done, to go back and listen to all the poems. But please listen to Black Joy. I fucking love that poem. I can't wait for you um, to publish it so everyone can uh, not only see it, but you get paid for it. Because um, I really, really enjoy your poetry. And I, I think you're headed in a really cool fucking place. Thank you. <laughs> and uh, I'm really glad that uh, we had you on the show before you blew the fuck up. Right. Thank you to Caitlin, for sure. She yeah. did. <laughs> Thank you, Caitlin. Appreciate it. <laughs> All right, folks. Um, that is it for us today. Make sure um, you follow uh, Rose. I'm going to throw her um, poetry page in the, oh, look at that. I know how to do the things with the computer. I'm so proud. What? <laughs> what? So proud of me. So please <laughs> check out her page. Um, that is in the chat. Uh, follow her on the socials and please um, interact with her and read her poetry. It is so fucking beautiful. Thank you so much, Rose, for being here with us today. Thank you so much for having me. Yay. All right, folks, that's it for us, us this week. Remember, hurt people hurt people, so keep an eye on your pain. Stay safe. Godspeed, and we'll see you next week. Deuces. And as always, go Yankees. Yes, all day, everyone.